Hey, I'm Todd Brown, and I make these videos because I want you to rip on race day. Move over to Dr. Scott, Dr. V, and uh, we're super glad to have you on the podcast, and would love, um, so you met some of the guys, so we meet every week, Scott, and we kind of check in, see how we're doing, things we're working on, some people are doing some amazing things. Um, honestly, I got, a, I got a little teary eyed for you, Terry. So I'm really stoked about that. Um, for sure. Right. Um, so Thanks. if you could Thanks a lot. give us like, uh, um, yeah. Um, can you give us a, like a, like Scott and I know each other from, do you want me to call you Dr. V? Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> Dr. V and I know each other <laughs> through the cycling community. Um, mm -hmm. so we bump into each other all the time on local trails and, and, um, and so I, I thought it would be great to have Dr. V join us. Um, and he would, he yes. offered the topic of talking about pains we might have, but before we get there, um, give us a little background. I read your bio. I think I posted it for everybody. If I didn't, I apologize, but, um, give us a little bit of your background, how you got into the, the practice your practice in particular and how you how you got there i would love to hear that okay uh is my mic on you can hear me okay right yeah we're good yeah. Hear you great. Okay. um yeah i mean i've it's it's been athletics for me all along i i would got into i was a natural bodybuilder early on my wife and i were mr miss natural california in the 90s uh and then as i was going Wait, through Carlos school i gotta pause you right there what were you <laughs> were what? you guys married then or did you meet lifting weights or like tell yeah. us about that <laughs> we we met in the gym okay famous line as i was passing passing her uh going to the water fountain i said oh it kind of looks like you know what you're doing <laughs> and uh solid pickup line so we end up uh working out together <laughs> kind of funny story there i guess we uh you know like i said i was a meathead and all that drug-free was everything i did was natural uh, drug tested bodybuilding shows um so i was doing back and she ended up working out with me and and doing pull-ups with weighted pull-ups and all that sort of stuff and i guess i worked her a little too hard and she couldn't move for the next three weeks and hid from me <laughs> so uh after but then after we reconnected went out got married competed mr miss natural california as i said in the 90s um did great there I, um, during Cairo school. They, they, they taught well, and I got into healthcare because I was di diagnosed hypoglycemic, um, had blood sugar issues, and I was all over the place because mm. everything I was doing at the time was the anaerobic training uh, uh, and doing high carb diet, which was kind of vogue at the time. Um, <clears throat> then I started getting these nasty headaches, uh, which part of why I'm doing more of the whole podcast thing and trying to get the word out. I've got a book coming out uh, early next year, somewhere around March. Um, on headaches and, and the natural solutions for the seven different patterns of headaches. Uh, so that's kind of the big picture right now. Um, but I got into healthcare because the headaches I had, I went through the medical model. They said, oh, you know, don't work out. Absolutely not. You might have an aneurysm. Did the CAT scan with the dyes and all the crazy chaos that goes along in that field. Uh, they said, well, you don't have an aneurysm. Go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> I wasn't too keen, keen on that answer at you know 19 years old or whatever I was at the time. Um, got into natural healthcare, got my first adjustment, realized that chiropractic uh, fit along with my, I quit eating sugar when I was 14. Um, nice. You know, talking about Terry's quitting smoking and stuff like that. At 14, I realized I was a punk when I ate sugar. So I, I gave it up, haven't turned back. 
All on your own, you realize that? Um, 14. <laughs> you had your own realization that I'm just a total jerk when I'm on sugar at 14. Pretty, pretty much. I mean, I was diagnosed hypoglycemic through this holistic health practitioner. And I, you know, at, at first I kept eating my donuts and, and then realized that I'd get into trouble or I'd be lighting firecrackers in class. And <laughs> so uh, that's really so cool. I, you don't hear that a lot. The right. self-awareness of a 14 year old. That's Seriously. Awesome. That's awesome. 14, 14, we all felt invincible, right? <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when I discovered Damn. chiropractic fit in with the whole natural health arena and I, I could, you know, understand the body better and feel better myself and bless others with this gift that I'd been, you know, I'd experienced and how much better I felt, uh, jumped in while I was in Cairo school. I, took a position in a club to um, see kind of bring on all the, the who's who's in, in chiropractic. So I could figure out what, who was the most effective, basically uh, that led to this uh, approach in kines in uh, chiropractic and natural health called applied kinesiology. Uh, that's part of what we'll open with a little bit tonight, <clears throat> but that um, merges the whole muscle organ correlations. <clears throat> excuse me. It gives a very nice, convenient uh, diagnostic tool um, that can then actually empower us because we because it helps know you know where the pain's coming from or what the the trigger would be. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, got into that while I was in chiro school. I took the, the main course for that three times. So by the time I got out of chiro school, I was elevated enough to be able to help teach it. So first ten years of that, I was helping teach this uh, AK Applied Kinesiology course. Uh, and then from there, kind of took on the seminar world on my own, been teaching docs around the country. And most of it started with athletic performance um, kind of stuff initially, um, running around kind of the country, doing a lot of that. I haven't done as much the last couple of years because of some shakeups in the industry. But that's kind of where I've kind of gotten in most of the last few years. Most of what I've been teaching doctors is, is how to deal with autoimmune conditions. Um, because of COVID and, and all the, the junk that's been going on, uh, that's opening the door for, unfortunately, for cancers and autoimmune conditions. So I've been trying to help docs uh, understand how to handle that uh, in a more appropriate way. So that's that's the uh, cliff notes <laughs> of I how I that. got to sit um, with you in a white coat. And <laughs> I love do that. that. As you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, I, I know someone that could use you. I know someone that can use this. <laughs> Uh, that right. that's great mm -hmm. um so you ride bikes i ride well. bikes yes how did you get into cycling and and how long ago oh yeah so um so i was a natural bodybuilder in cairo school um during my uh physiology instructor um at the time said people are either good aerobic athletes or good anaerobic athletes i'm a rebel i proved myself as an anaerobic athlete i'm like i got my mr california so, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to get into some aerobic training and prove that I can be successful in both. Um, so I started, I, with my graduation money in Cairo school, I bought my first, um, Cannondale Delta V mountain bike <laughs> nice. and, um, shows how long ago it was. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, that, that was actually 30, 30, actually this week, next week, it's 31, 31 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the height of. The 90s that's when mountain biking was on fire right right so i bought a mountain bike at that time with my graduation money started riding bikes uh doing a lot of aerobic initially i was um some of the initial reading i did in the subject 
Um, I felt like I, I wanted, I was kind of my, my buddy, Chris, Chris Ramallah used to always call me the, the zone two governor guy. Cause I, I was super, I was all into the aerobic thing and not pushing my adrenals too hard really for the first 10 years of my riding. And, um, and then, so I got into road riding as well to, to, you know, capitalize on the long duration kind of base mileage really is what I did solely for the first 10 years. Uh, then realized I got tired of watching my friends go up the hills <laughs> and, uh, got into the intensity and so as i started pushing the intensity um in hill climbing i started with one day a week i got a second day a week and then i started you know, get sick if i pushed any more than that and had to keep building it you know building up uh building the uh, tempo and all the other <clears throat> uh ftp and so on nice that's kind of a quick quick summary in the in the cycling genre oh and then so as i started doing all the aerobic i, I got pretty addicted because i realized i felt my blood sugar was a whole lot more stable and i felt a lot mm -hmm. more fit and um and just more on fire um doing focusing more on the aerobic stuff so i mean i always yeah. kind of joke about uh i want to be the first guy at the top of the hill but i don't want to look like him you know <laughs> with my bodybuilding <laughs> mentality. <laughs> yeah that's funny so I miss the look, but I, I love the feel, you know, as, as an aerobic cyclist, aerobic athlete. Yeah, I, sure. I, I think we're all on board with that for sure. Right. Um, so uh, you had, I'm just looking at my notes here. You had yeah. mentioned that you, you wanted to talk about some of the pain things that are common pain things that cyclists might have. I have everybody muted now, but uh, do you want me to unmute them so if they want to ask you questions or do you want to stay muted um, and you we, can kind of present for a little bit? Um, I, I wrote some stuff down to try to combine some of the subjects, the topics that they wrote. I, as, okay. Is there other injuries that have been talked about since since the no, post you put? Just on the, you know, not, nothing in particular. Uh -uh. So tell you what I'll, I'll throw some out and then they can add if, if they want if there's other injuries that I I, I don't mention in this next two sentences okay. <laughs> so basically I was going to combine overtraining typically some of the physical aspects of that are going to be the L5 low back pain which is that you know belt line right in the center low back pain that a lot of people are going to get um, inner knee pain on the inside of the knee um, if somebody's running they're going to get shin or ankle pains um, or crash in the immune system so those are all adrenal um, issues uh, so we're going to talk about those and then the other types of knee pain typically on the kneecap area those are or the, uh, the inner the other part of the knee those are super common for for cyclists so we'll talk about those and and that's their small intestine function um what else did i have in my own oh, you talked about hand numbness and that sort of stuff so a lot of yeah, that i get hand pain right here Okay, so and so in that specific area, that's going to be a uh, colon like issue, right actually. Here. Yeah, so that's a in acupuncture, that's a large intestine four acupuncture point, and so that tells me that typically there's something that that a person's eating that's that's whacking the intestine or congesting, if you will, uh, intestinal function. So, um, so yeah, we can we can look at that too. Uh, okay. Typically, when I heard hand numbness, I was thinking more uh, like general hand numbness or you know positional stuff on the oh, bike. Oh yeah, not not for me, but maybe one of the other guys can, would have that. Right. Uh, so again, I'm with with the caliber of this group. I'm assuming that the bike fit's already been done and <laughs> everybody's already yeah. dialed, you know, that way. So we're going to look at and really my goal today is to to empower empower the group. Um, with things that they can do in their, you know, what their body's trying to tell them through these aches and pains. So I think that was the gist of what I was going to talk about. Any other 
questions. Is that um, any other? You guys issue? can unmute yourselves if you have a question that you want to ask, any or other, if you want to just um, injury areas to discuss. Yeah, probably not. I guess like just uh, lead on. I guess with what you have prepared. All right. Uh, so, so I scared them all away. Everybody's already hung up. Is that? <laughs> no, no, they're all there. They can unmute. You guys can unmute yourselves or, um, and and ask questions if you want to. Okay. Nice. <clears throat> so I'm I'm willing to answer questions. So, basically, uh, the 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 foundation of all this is uh, muscles all have associated glands or organs with them. So, and what happens is they become what neurologically we call it conditionally inhibited. So like the quad muscles, the four muscles of the, of the thigh uh, get inhibited when small intestine function is not as it should be. And so that gives us a, a great tool, a great avenue to figure out what we as athletes or, or you know, health pursuers uh, need to change to feel and function our best. So any muscle you think about, like, you know, Todd, you were talking about the, the thumb area pain. Uh, the muscle that goes along with that is this quadratus lumborum that's in the low back. They say attached from the pelvis to the ribs. That muscle is going to spaz out when the large intestine is not functioning right. So that's a type, very common type of low back pain. And so, so that's a good example of, of one of the muscle organ correlations. Some of the muscles in the shoulder are going to get weak when the lung's not functioning. <clears throat> Certainly we're pushing the lungs uh, a lot. Let's um, take a little tangent for Terry. Terry, you're talking about your smoking thing. Mm -hmm. um, one of the best things you can do to help keep the cravings down and help you get over the cigarettes is, is taking a zinc supplement. Are you taking anything like that at this point? Not, not yet, but that I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of what happens with smoking is there's toxic metals like cadmium and arsenic that a person you know absorbs. And so that's going to obviously, you know, create issues. Um, and in with those toxic metals, it causes a deficiency of zinc. So if you start taking a, a good zinc supplement, that's going to help keep those cravings down and help push out some of the toxic metals. And kind of the fun part with that is it starts making the cigarettes not taste good anymore. So it makes it real easy to, to kind of kick, kick the habit uh, and bounce back a little faster. So I'd encourage you uh, from that uh, to, to look at a good zinc supplement, usually one or two tablets in the morning, uh, is enough. And that'll also help keep the cravings down. Cause a lot of times, yeah, a lot of other people that have quit smoking all of a sudden when zinc levels start coming back up, then food tastes good. <laughs> and they start because it didn't probably didn't taste as good when, when, with the toxic metals inhibit this, the sense of of taste and so then you you start getting that back and all of a sudden it's like woo, i want to eat this and people mm -hmm. you know that's why people often gain weight when they quit smoking and stuff so so zinc's a good way to Can kind I of abate or keep question right there scott yeah bring it on is is that why is that why you know i look at pictures of the 50s and 60s when everyone was smoking yeah. and they're all skinny is part of the reason that people were skinny on when they were smoking um that food just didn't taste as good Food didn't taste as good. It sets up like malabsorption uh, kind of issues. Um, and although back in the, you said 60s, you know, or the, when those seasons, 60s, right? Yeah. All those, yeah, those, that era, good. vegetables had a lot more zinc and, and minerals in them. Uh, unfortunately, our, our soils gotten kind of depleted of zinc. It's, it's probably the most common, one of the most common deficiencies I see. So um, we're even more zinc deficient than we were back in the 50s, which would be part of why. Um, 
they do okay. I mean, like I was in Greece uh, last uh, few months ago, and you know, on the Mediterranean diet, and people they 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 all smoke like chimneys, but there's not nearly <laughs> the obesity problem that we see around here because they're you know the food's a little better. So the Mediterranean diet. <clears throat> so yeah, that's kind of how those is, those fit together. Is ICAM okay, or is that only if you have a cold or flu? Is ICAM on a regular basis, or no? Um, yes, it can. Do you know your blood type by chance? Mm, no. Yeah, um, Zycam works real well for A blood types and and short term for for O blood types in general. So, uh, yeah, in general. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. I'll have to find out. Yeah. Cool. Any other questions right. Sorry on to that there. front? So that's uh and and zinc got really popular with the whole COVID thing, right? Because uh, viruses leach zinc. And so then you know, the immune system burns up our zinc stores uh, in trying to fight fight uh, a virus. Uh, symptomatically, that'd be the little white clouds that some people might have. Uh, Terry, check your fingernails and look for the little white clouds in there. That's often a sign of, of chronic zinc deficiency. Takes takes uh, eight weeks from to grow from cuticle to tip. So that kind of tells how long ago a person was deficient in zinc or you know might have been sick at that time. So, uh, where are you located? Uh, any of the finger, any of the fingernails. No, no, you know, no where's your it, practice? Where's your practice? Oh, where am I located? I'm in Laguna Niguel. Oh, South Orange. Oh, yeah. That's not that mm -hmm. bad. Not that too Local far. To not like Kansas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, who was somebody who was talking about Palm Springs? I'm going to be in Palm Springs for the Christmas week. I'd love to find a riding partner while I'm there. <laughs> hey, there you go. Right here. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll take you. I got, I got some fun routes. Nice uh, rotor. Uh, either way, either way, gravel or you want to <laughs> climb hills or you want to be road. I, I can take on all of that. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Have to uh, uh, hit me up on, offline and, and we'll, uh, make sure I'm going to be close enough to, to connect with you yeah, when I'm there. Do you have a mountain bike? I have both. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll connect you guys when we're done. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Um, so again, every muscle has associated glands or organs. So the, the thing that makes that so cool is that it, it empowers us to be able to figure it out. And unfortunately, most docs, most practitioners are not looking at that mechanism. So they're just trying to blunt, you know, inflammation or, or you know, do things like that, that aren't necessarily health inducing or looking at, uh, it doesn't give them the tool to understand why a person's ailing. So, you know, we talked about, let's talk about the overtraining stuff a little bit. Um, because that's probably something that most of us are going to deal with. And again, the primary premise, especially like when I was bodybuilding or even now, or as I got back into the, you know, hill climbing and that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> basically the goal is to basically train as hard as we can without falling off the cliff. Right. <laughs> you know, we want to train, beat ourselves down to then grow up, build up stronger, you know, stronger, faster. And so, I mean, for me, it's typically, push it as hard as I can without jumping off the cliff, meaning getting sick. So if I, if I'm pushing it too hard and trying to, you know, a race and got all that stuff in mind and I, and I don't listen to my body, I don't get appropriate rest, then I end up crashed and burned or, you know, then I end up having to miss a week or something because of, because my immune system goes nuts. So, so listening to the body is huge there. There's some herbs, there's things that can be done, um, things that are going to make that worse. Unfortunately, um, caffeine is going to, ruffle some feathers potentially. Um, I use caffeine. I use it on interval days and, and that sort of stuff, but I fortunately coffee never even tasted good for me. So I, I never got into that too much, but I'll use some of the like 
energy type stuff for my interval days and, and some of that are like matcha or, you know, green tea based stuff. Um, but carefully and typically where this has backfired for me in the past is like rock cobbler. A couple of years ago, I was doing cobbler and, and working like a nutcase as I tend to do anyway and training for an A race and, and then going into something like cobbler. Um, and we all know, right. Never change anything on, on, um, on race day. <clears throat> so I had my Jersey stuff with these power snacks that I was eating. That was my, my go-to food for, for riding and two hours into the race, my back started spazzing out every time I put one in my mouth. I'm like, shoot, I got I'm, I'm just barely getting into the race. And and I was reacting to the food that I was counting on for that the whole day. Um, and so the mechanism there is with with training, uh, there's a thing called leaky gut where the gut intestinal lining is permeable. And um, which means things get absorbed into the bloodstream and cause inflammation, cause problems. Uh, that shouldn't necessarily be there. So when we're overtrained, we're getting ready for a race or event like that. That's when we're most prone to crash and burn uh, from a leaky gut sort of inflammation perspective. And then we throw caffeine into that. Again, that's typically when I would do caffeine is when I'm trying to, you know, hit it, you know, being stimulated for my A race. Um, so between that and then, um, and then the overtraining leading up to it, it tends to set the stage where I become, we can react. We tend to react to whatever we're doing the most regularly. So again, in my case, I was eating those power snacks on every ride, uh, really relying on them for my calories during riding. And I became allergic to them because they were just something that was in my system all the time. Uh, and then I was overtrained. So that's a really common mechanism for, for our, us, was called, us motivated uh, athletes so with that in mind one is you know keeping balance there's some herbs i'll talk about to maybe help um get through that season um but then moderation i mean i'm a big fan of finding what works but alternating and doing different things you know like uh, figs is a very common food for me now as, as my ride food i like to use whole food type stuff as best i can um, but I, I alternate. I mean, I have some of the different shot blocks or I like mirror energy. We can talk about foods or do another podcast for that sort of stuff another day. But um, I like whole food based uh, products and I try to alternate them or rotate them. So I'm not doing the same thing every day because I, then I'm going to be a lot more prone to become reactive or allergic, if you will, to to those foods. So the physical manifestations of what we'll call overtraining is that uh, medial knee pain, the inside of the knee, the, the sartorius and the gracilis muscle, the two main muscles that support the inside of the knee, they will get weak when the adrenals are frying. And so that's that's our sign that, hey, we're, we're overtraining. We need to take a rest day or do a little bit more base, base mileage type stuff. Um, the other thing, you know, I talked about that L5 low back pain. Those are all signs of uh, that we might be pushing too hard. Either we need to use some earth kind of push it or we need to you know back down you know balance the training the life a little bit um was there a question that we're all good okay <clears throat> so um those those of you those of us that deal with this uh, one of my favorite herbs for that is an herb called um astragalus um that is a it helps the immune system um balance and deal with the, the chronic stress of especially like race season um so i tend to use that herb more during um during peak season or when I'm doing more of the interval stuff. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I, that's a very common herb. Another herb um, that is good for that is an herb called Eleuthero, E 
L-E-U-T-H-E-R-O, Eleuthero. That's what the it's a Siberian ginseng is one of the herbs the Russians um, kind of used to tilt the scale in their favor in the Olympics uh, back in the 70s. <laughs> uh, so it's a nice, nice herb for that. Um, so those are those are a couple of Eleuthero is a good, they call it amphoteric. In other words, it helps stabilize the stress response. It's real good for athletic training. Uh, uh, Astragalus is more for that, you know, oops, I've, I've pushed it too hard. I'm about to get sick. Astragalus is the bomb for that. So there's a couple of herbs. Um, How do you spell you know, astragalus? A-S-T-R-A-G-A-L-U-S, astragalus. I guess right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, as it sounds, right? Ah, Jim, what's up? Hey. Uh, you mentioned uh, caffeine uh, for certain times. Uh, I don't normally use it. Um, what What's a good amount, uh, like before a ride or a race? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's going to be somewhat dependent. If somebody's doing caffeine or coffee, they're going to be more, right? They're going to be desensitized to it. For you and I that are just using it conditional specific, in other words, for a race, I mean, it basically ends up being shot blocks or like like this mirror uh I, mean, zip, I, zip, I think zip fizz is 80 milligrams the liquid iv with caffeine i think is the same amount is that uh i know beerman one time that mentioned 200 yeah um, so two, 200 i would think would be more somebody that's doing a lot of cat probably doing coffee in the okay. morning sort of stuff for me 80 is probably going to be about the top end uh, if i push it okay. too much more than that i'm more prone to get those those uh, um, leaky gut symptoms that i was just talking about uh, more prone to become reactive to whatever any other food that i eat i mean i when i was stressed out uh, moving my office and stuff i was i was sneezing and reacting to my my stinking filtered water <laughs> i mean it could be anything uh, by the time we get to that that sort of stress level so great question i mean yes i would say 80 for for a non caffeine person if somebody Doing okay. coffee on, on the regular, 200 is probably going to be a little bit more legit. Uh, what happens is that the liver pathway, the methylation pathway that detoxifies that, you know, is going to get somewhat desensitized or inhibited for the person that's using it a lot. So they're going to need more. Um, that's why I like to use it when it's time, you know, that way I get the, we, you know, I get the a more powerful benefit, if you will, and can use it uh more appropriately instead of just counting on it to, to be over energetic every day at work kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Great question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. Any other questions on that? Like overtraining physical aches and pain. So that's going to be the low back pain that, you know, feels like the bike's not quite right. And so on, it's going to be right in the center of the back. So, I mean, Todd, you mentioned back pain too. Now you're talking about thumb, the type of back pain is going to be that, that area I was talking about, which is kind of the flank area in here. Yeah. Those muscles yeah. will spend when, when the large intestine is, is not uh, functioning optimally. So that's a slightly different pain, but it is, uh, it's easier to figure out. Um, if, if you, once you know that it's a digestive issue, then you can kind of just pay attention to, uh, like for me, that, that cured me on corn. <laughs> if I eat corn, I'm going to get that oh. type of pain. I wake up in the morning feeling like an old, you know, bent over old man. Now, does that count as popcorn and tortilla <laughs> chips as well? <laughs> yeah, that counts for popcorn. It counts for maltodextrin that's in a lot of our like electrolytes or, you know, um, energy, you know, ride food. Um, so, yeah. High fructose corn syrup. 
right? Especially high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. So those are going to be super inflammatory. Unfortunately, uh, there's this mechanism where the corn kind of stresses the adrenals. It's almost like doing intervals, if you will, the way, the way it affects the, the physiology. Um, so yeah. All I mean, forms um, of corn. I'm sorry. What's that? All, all forms of corn. Yeah. I, I know you were talking oh, about taking like corn, huh? I take you like I corn. love popcorn. I it love sounds like a pop. pop. He's a. I can see he was guy. trying to look for a way out of this too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, well, give me a, and give me I corn. love chips and salsa. Like, right? Oh, corn so chips. Funny, Todd, you yeah. had mentioned that. I have that same thumb thing right here. Yeah. Right. Right there. It's the same thing, and it doesn't seem to be anything. It just is that spot right there. Doesn't bother me when I'm writing, but I feel it. Yeah, like me neither. Sometimes just when I'm writing yeah mm. i feel it yeah that's a hallmark large intestine acupuncture point um you know it's a nuisance right now but the the early warning is that that's that's setting the stage for arthritis down the road because that whole leaky mech leaky gut mechanism we were talking about in the irritation in the colon is what where, is where arthritis comes from so oh, so i'm yeah. coming to see you <laughs> and so we can use that as an indicator i mean it'll be pretty it'll be within 10 hours probably of consuming say corn that, that then the thumb starts hurting. Then you can make that mental association with oops. I, you know, I, every time I eat corn, my thumb hurts or every time I eat dairy, my thumb hurts, you know, it's going to be slightly different for everybody, but. Uh, so, so for Todd, that could be the difference between half a bag and a full bag. <laughs> right. <laughs> quantity yeah. and timing so todd something um i know you don't care about you know improving your your race skills and stuff but something they <laughs> taught us in colorado springs was basically a a, a, a food diary and right. you know tracking when you eat how much you eat and the effects so you know if you found oh i have lower back pain go back and look at your log and see what you ate when you ate it um and yeah. see if there's if it repeats like every Friday I eat popcorn, every Saturday morning I have back pain, it might correlate. And and yep. Dr. V can then help narrow it down from there. But that log can can go a long way too. I'm cutting out the corn for starters. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. It's not going to be easy to cut out. Like it's right. it's everywhere. The corn sweetener. Even, even, yeah. even in our gas product. in California. <laughs> not in my tesla oh boy, oh, boy. <laughs> right <laughs> um so that's the the low back pain uh, so i mean dairy is also a potential trigger for that type of flank low back pain uh, and that's going to be an immune suppressant um that's a little bit more specific based on blood type a's and o's which which is about 84 percent of the population with a group like this percentage wise you probably more of you are going to be o blood types than anything else i would imagine because uh o blood types tend to get de-stressed by intense physical activity so uh, i mean this type of the personality that i would anticipate this group would have for the most part is going to be o blood types which means corn and, and dairy are going to be uh, challenging on the system the good mm -hmm. news for the old blood type is beef is this medicine. Beef's going to help us help you all and me to some degree um, perform our best because it's going to be loaded with B12. It's going to be loaded with iron, the stuff that we need for aerobic performance. Um, not so much for Jim because he he doesn't fit in that category. <laughs> uh, but the rest of you, as uh, as again, I'm making a bit of an assumption. But if you know you're an old blood type, enjoy your beef. <laughs> okay. Hey, so, doc, got to get some good. 
Hey, yep. Doc, can I ask a question about ice cream? <laughs> yeah. So, so I've noticed that every time I eat a pint of ice cream at night, the next day when I go out for a ride, I am I can beat cars. <laughs> I'm, I'm fast. I'm oh yeah. Fast. What's up with that? Is that psychological? Oh, I get to eat ice cream because I can be fast. So that now ice cream is good, or is is it really the fat that's causing me to have this extra amount of energy? Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be the sugar. I, I mean, B blood types are the the one blood type that would do well on dairy. Uh, I I would I was thought you were going to talk about your sinuses were a mess and you know and your intestines were spazzing out after the ice cream. But, <laughs> well, I mean, but, I could do a five hour ride in four hours if I eat a pint of ice cream the night before. Wow. <laughs> well, riding so fast he can get home to Okay, so I'm B negative and I've never ever had that happen. <laughs> right. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> right. And maybe it's just wishful thinking, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Todd, Todd used to have the ice cream diet. I did do the ice cream diet. It was great. Uh, <laughs> I have to check that uh, out. Oh, by the way, on dairy, we're just talking about milk products, right? Not eggs. Correct. Eggs are a fair source of protein protein for all four blood types yeah and okay. so the gist on eggs um vary the pre if you're doing eggs on a regular basis vary the preparation because a uh, scrambled is going to trigger oh. the immune system a different way than over easy would so if you cook them you know over easy today and scramble them tomorrow then you're a lot less prone to become allergic to them especially with the overtraining stuff that we just mm -hmm. talked about the other wow. thing you know people tend to worry about cholesterol with eggs uh, when the yolk is cooked soft, that uh, the lecithin is still intact, so that will help lower cholesterol. So yeah, cholesterol, uh, eggs are a pretty good source of protein. Um, even for me as a B blood type, uh, there was the other guy was a B as well. Um, chicken is the is the main uh, shortcoming for for B blood types. I don't touch it anymore because it caused me to be totally hypoglycemic and out of it. Um, but eggs are fine. So that's uh, a, a nuance there. Hey, doctor, what what's the Quick recommendations for A positive. Um, chill on the beef and be careful on the dairy. Uh, beef will set up literally mono, so low energy and intestinal spasms. Um, enjoy yeah. your avocados, lots of veggies, lots of fish uh, would be kind of the nutshell for the A blood type. Yeah. Uh, you want to be very, A's are high cortisol producers, so you want to be careful on, you want to be more diligent about base, base season or base mileage type training um, and then pay attention to how you feel is when you apply the intervals um, because like when the blood type book was written 25 years ago, he said that there had never been an A in the Olympics. I'm not sure I totally go that far, but the reality is, and what he was referring to is that A's tend to overtrain and crash and burn before they can get to the, the prize. So yeah. you want to be real diligent on listening to the body so that, so that you can get to the prize, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I got on late. Did you mention that there's actually an app? where you as an A can look up a specific food and it'll tell you if it's good, bad, or ugly. Did you mention that, right. Scott? I have not been there yet. So the, the blood type diet app is $3.99 in, in your app store on your phone. Uh, super valuable resource to have around. And so like when Jim was talking about the food log and that sort of stuff, uh, I typically recommend as soon as you start falling asleep after you eat or you know, corn, uh, Todd eats his corn and then starts craving dessert or candy or something afterwards then you pull out that app and realize oh corn's an avoid for me so you can pull up whatever that food is based on your blood type 
and uh, pretty much whenever you have symptoms or that thumb, it'll help sh help you kind of short circuit the the investigation to figure out what the trigger foods are. Best best four bucks I spent yeah. on an app. <laughs> and um, Doctor V, you do blood type testing at your facility. We can do blood type testing, or with the with the I can test foods and kind of figure it out that way as well. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For right. sure. Uh, um, other eight. I mean, I covered all the leaky gut stuff, and we're we're burning up time, which is cool. You guys are into it. Um, the other common. Uh, oh, let's talk about concussions. That's a pretty common deal. <laughs> Unfortunately, we 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 tend to land on our heads, right? <laughs> So wear, wear your helmets. Years ago, I had a buddy that was, ah, helmets are for, for wusses and that sort of stuff. In fact, we were at the bottom or at the, excuse me, top of the luge. And three of us were standing there waiting for a couple other guys to come down, just that short little drop there. And um, my buddy standing there with no helmet on. A guy came down that hill with the helmet on, went OTV, went over the bars, landed on a boulder at my helmetless buddy's feet and busted his boulder in half with the guy with his helmet <laughs> and my buddy's like okay wow. i'm getting it <laughs> wow so um yeah helmets i mean i've cracked a bunch of them we've all done it right um so what happens with concussions especially if it if it affects the right parietal lobe technically is what it is then that inhibits enzymes and that can set up chronic knee pain and that vastus medialis that beautiful muscle that we get as cyclists that supports the inside of the knee and also the quads can become weak, uh, what we call conditionally inhibited after a concussion. So um, the challenge is, you know, in the, in the medical arena, the medical model for treating a concussion is hiding in a dark room like Terry is for, <laughs> for three days, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I mean, that's really, that's not doing much for the concussion. We want to keep the good fats. So eating your fish, UA blood types, eating avocado, uh, keeping the good omega-3s up are going to get us that protective mechanism for, you know, God forbid, when we do bonk the head. Um, so, of course, have a good helmet, replace it after you crash, all that sort of, you know, stuff that we're all familiar with. Um, but the reality is when we, if you land on your head, good chance that it's going to inhibit enzymes and we get bloating. Uh, for us physically, it starts showing up as a weakness in the quads and the thigh muscles. Uh, and then that's the knee pain that people struggle to figure out and they keep trying to adjust the seat height and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so functionally, uh, to supplements to help with that are going to be digestive enzymes. Um, I mean, if you're doing it at the store, even something like Wobenzyme or, you know, some of those types of products are going to help uh, alleviate that type of pain. Interestingly, enzymes are natural anti-inflammatory. So if you do get injured, take those enzymes away from food. And Wobenzyme is actually really good for that. I have a five other products, 10 other products in the office that we would use potentially, but, you know, for you guys that are out of the area, um, you know, speaking, of, I mean, the, my staff will ship supplements too. If you, you know, you want the, the best of the, some of those herbs that I've talked about, um, we can ship those. No, no problem. But, and this is not about trying to sell herbs. I'm just trying to help love on my brothers and help you guys mm -hmm. all be perform your best. Um, but anyway, enzymes, if you, if you get injured, taking enzymes hourly away from food, is going to cut the healing time by half. It's pretty miraculous how well they work, and it's it it facilitates the healing process instead of blocking it. So I mean, the, the medical model, most people are going to be told, you know, take anti-inflammatories or Tylenol or you know that stuff. Unfortunately, that inhibits the the healing. It it slows inflammation or reduces inflammation, but it actually doubles the healing time or prolongs the healing time. So when we do these enzymes taken away from food 
hourly, especially the first couple of weeks. Uh, you're going to get get better way faster and reduce inflammation and heal up better. <clears throat> so, and those enzymes are very good for for knee pain. Um, the other trait, other very common trigger for that type of knee pain uh, that's right around the the kneecap area uh, is chewing gum, gum or breath mints. One of my riding buddies, you know, have sinus issues or something, so they chew gum. They say to keep their sinuses open. Uh, it's the aspartame in in gum. It's the artificial sweeteners in gum that will cause a weakness of the quad muscle because of what it does to the small intestine. So um, keeping the gum out, or if you're going to do gum or breath mints, use something like they have xylitol or something that does not have aspartame in it, um, and you're gonna your knee's going to feel a whole lot better. I mean, it's it's almost immediate, like within the day of cutting the gum out, that that you'll uh, recognize change in in that type of knee pain. Um, any of the questions on the knee on the stuff that we just covered? Um, that'd be all forms of aspartame too, right? So oh, diet yeah. sodas, diet yeah. coke, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the the it it corrupts intestinal bacteria, which is why it creates a weakness of the the, the quad muscles there. Um, but the scarier part is it's it's called an excitotoxin because it excites nerve cells to the point of death. So, I mean, it's a big old trigger for, for long-term scenarios is dementia and, uh, you know, depression and things like that. Uh, yes, it gives a little stimulus and, you know, we get excited for the minute, uh, but it's, yeah. it's uh, very hard on nerve cells. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Not that you're doing that, Jim, but. <laughs> Someone we may know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not a fan. There are, there are better ways and, and now i mean we're and most of us or some of us at least are in southern california and most of the other areas you guys are in there's plenty of healthy options and alternatives for that sort of stuff so um yeah. chill on the artificial sweeteners uh what else did i have to talk about what do you um what do you think about um as athletes were kind of we're chronically inflamed with right. our you know so is there something you recommend to kind of we need that, right, to further our right. training, but not yes. that we don't overdo it. Yeah, so and that's kind of what I was referring to as training right to the edge without jumping off the cliff. Yep. <laughs> but the things to help mitigate inflammation is is understand the inflammatory foods, right? So, so like for Todd, corn potentially could be one of the main reasons he'd be in inflamed more often than he needs to. Um, again, digestive enzymes are, are a way to help bring the inflammation down in a health healthy way, not necessarily blocking inflammation like an anti-inflammatory might, but taking those enzymes pre and post uh, big workouts is going to help you recover from those faster. Um, so that's part of the, the, the band-aid sort of approach to the inflammation, but really the trick is understanding the inflammatory foods. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the, I, I really don't feel that way. Yes, I overtrain. I'm, I'm more guilty probably than, than most uh, for overtraining. Uh, and that's, that affects my ability to, my lactate threshold because I'm fried most of my life. <laughs> um, but I, I really do not feel inflamed. And that's because I'm, I'm obsessive about my diet. Um, I, I learned there's now, there's now a diagnostic code called orthorexia, which is the propensity to only eat healthy foods and, or, you know, organic foods. I'm like, all right, I got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an orthorexic. <laughs> nice. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so the other uh, common cycling injury, uh, going back to the, the low back pain and the thumb pain, the, the IT band, a lot of people get pain on the outside of the leg and they're going to try to adjust the seat height and stuff for it. Uh, that IT band gets weak and inhibited as we were talking about with colon problems. So if you're eating something, you know, wheat, corn, dairy, um, you know, potentially beans for the O blood type, something along those lines that's, that's stressing the intestine, um, then that's going to cause weakness in the IT band of the tensor fascia lateral on the outside of the leg. So that's another one that's pretty common in uh, ache for, for our, our cycling friends. Yeah. Uh, altitude sickness. Anybody dealt with altitude sickness? You want to talk about that? <laughs> you got five minutes, right? <laughs> I, I had heat. I had heat stroke in the summer. <laughs> so heat, yeah, heat stroke is typically an adrenal thing. So that goes back to that whole, you know, astragalus, eleuthero, potentially adrenal glandulars, um, balancing training properly. Uh, those. That's all. Uh, heat stroke is an adrenal uh, overtraining sort of scenario. So for sure, make sure you're getting good electrolytes uh, with your water and that sort of yeah, stuff. I, I learned that I need to take salt supplements. Yeah. So if I don't take salt, I get cramps. Yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. you, you want to do a good good electrolyte. I'm, I'm careful on the the salt tablets. Um, but yeah, I mean, if that's that's going to help the adrenals and help keep your blood pressure up and that stuff, especially training in Palm Springs and so on, where you're sweating more. Um, so yeah, I mean, keep the, keep the good salt up, make sure you, it's one that works well for you. Celtic sea salt is my favorite. Celtic sea salt, uh, is the literally the exact same mineral, mineral content and ratio, uh, that sweat is. So I just, I mean, I I just Celtic bought a sea salt thing at Costco. It's a pink Himalayan pink salt Himalayan or something salt. like that. Yeah. 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 So the Himalayan salt is, is, uh, my second favorite. It's a, it's a fair choice. Um, there's, if you're doing it every day. There's some speculation about, um, maybe some, some, some metals or something in there. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a good one. Um, How but, do you spell Celtic? C, yeah, C-E-L-T-I-C, Celtic, Celtic. Just like it sounds, Todd. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the altitude thing, some of you guys have been talking yeah. about Leadville and so on, um, uh, Altitude sickness is typically an antioxidant deficiency. Uh, so antioxidants are basically vitamin A, vitamin C, and vitamin E kind of fits in there too. Um, so those are your antioxidants to help metabolize, help deal with oxygen when we get up higher. So um, like when I, I hiked Whitney a few years ago, and I took the, this product called ACP, which is basically vitamin, a food source of vitamin A and vitamin C. And uh, on the way up, you know, the two guys I was hiking up with at that time uh, started getting, you know, started reaching in their fanny pack to pull out um, Advil and so on. I'm like, oh, no, 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 put this in your mouth. And so you chew on a couple of these vitamin, uh, this Cataplex ACP and the altitude sickness would go away right there. And, you know, we continue on up the hill on our way back down the hill. Some gal was literally on the side of the trail and convulsions and kind of spazzing out with altitude sickness. I literally put four of these in her mouth. She chewed them up and stood up and walked down the rest of the, you know, completed the trail. It was all good wow. with us. Um, you know, we use it like when we've done retreats in Mammoth, we've done, we do, uh, my cycling team does annual retreats in Mammoth. You know, when the guys are struggling with altitude signals, you keep take these antioxidants uh, and then we're they're good. So it gets rid of the headaches, gets rid of the cramps and that sort of stuff that would go along with um, typical altitude sickness. So something that, you know, for for an event like Leadville that's at altitude, uh, that's a real good part of the program um, preparing and to, for it. 
Um, Question. Yeah. How are you on time, Dr. V? Um, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> You're good? Well, yeah. <laughs> is there a supplement recommendation for um, oxygen absorption, like increasing your, your ability to process oxygen? Yeah. yeah. So that's this vitamin A, vitamin C. Um, ultimately is going to help us uh, utilize oxygen better. Uh, certainly iron, uh, you know, anemia is, is, that's why light, right. Doping, right. All those other guys did. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's the benefit of doping is the, the iron of the, the blood cell heme oh, uh, carries amazing. oxygen. Right. So, so the way we do that, we can do that naturally is eat the high iron foods, which is uh, kale, spinach, and beets. Beets are, again, is, helps with nitric oxide. So great that's part of why they're such a great performance food. Uh, so we eat the beets, kale, and spinach. That's going to help keep our oxygen level or our iron levels up. So then we're going to carry uh, oxygen like we're doping, so to speak. <laughs> um, okay. But then antioxidants is really is the bomb, um, I've, you know, I've, Think if you guys are doing Leadville, the product um, that I would recommend is a product called Cardio Plus because it actually has a little bit of heart tissue in there. Um, that that uh, I mean, if you're starting to bonk or starting to cramp, then even chewing a couple of those as during the ride uh, has worked uh, kind of miraculous for for a few a lot of my friends. And this is chewable. It's a chewable. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. tablet. I mean, there's no cherry. There's no flavoring in it per se, but but yeah, it, that kind of thing. Chewing it up, you get it. Get it more immediate stimulus to the nervous system so it works faster um in that yeah. case but yeah if you're taking it in the morning you can just swallow it potentially nice um let's see what else did i have low back it performance foods yeah we talked about performance foods i mean nitric oxide is a, a heavy hit or a hot topic these days uh altitude recovery okay you got it um, when the with the leaky gut stuff back to the um, stuff we were talking about there, the muscle that gets weak with that is it's called the vastus lateralis. It's on the outside of the the quad muscle there, uh, and it's going to be real kind of tender in that area. Uh, that's going to cause the kneecap to not track properly. So when we're overstressed or we're like smoking, getting toxic metals, it also causes leaky gut. And that's going to be a weakness on the outside of the knee. So that's that that type of a knee pain. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, talk about recovery foods in general and when and what and how much to eat? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so post-exercise, so, I mean, um, Carmichael, you know, talks about starting to eat, you know, before he finishes his ride um, because we want to start preparing for the next ride right away. So, I mean, ultimately, the good news is if we're going to splurge or, or eat sugary type foods, the, the cells are most sensitive to uptake of insulin and glucose and stuff for the first half hour and for the really for the next two hours first two hours after exercise so we get that in get we get the the body's ready it's one of clamoring to to get the nutrients in but certainly recovery food is protein that's going to rebuild get the give us the amino acids to rebuild the immune system uh, certainly if it's a, you know, if we're sweating, we want to replace the electrolytes. Um, I usually use an electrolyte in, in that case with uh, something that has a little bit of B vitamins and has some amino acids in it um, as, as post-workout. Um, I even, I have some little protein smoothies. Typically I'm, I'm looking to get a good 20 grams of protein um, within, you know, almost immediately uh, when I get done uh, training. If I've done a real big ride and I, you know, I come home to a honeydew list or something and I don't get 
proper food in right away, that's where I'm going to be standing on the edge of that, that cliff and ready to, you know, I could crash and burn if I didn't get that food in right away. So uh, recovery foods, you know, for the A blood type, uh, avocado, uh, for the O blood type, beef, uh, protein shakes, uh, protein smoothies uh, with, you know, for all for all the blood types, uh, you know, uh, vegetable based protein is going to be a good thing. Um, we want to get that in right after and certainly, you know, rehydrating and so on. So, I mean, that's that's the, the main gist. <clears throat> Any other questions on that? Mm -mm. Sushi. I like sushi too. As the night before, that seems to work well. We get the good fats, good balanced meal. <laughs> and anything to carbo loading, like they talked in the old days. Yeah, it makes you look like a sumo wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> That's how sumo wrestlers look. That way, they eat all their calories right before they go to bed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, so that's why I said, I like, I'm more of a balanced guy. I, I'd prefer to do, um, uh, some carb, some good, um, fat and good protein the night before, uh, I feel my best typically eating sushi or, I mean, for me as a B blood type and one of the other guys was B as well. Lamb is kind of my superfood. So my mm -hmm. wife knows, you know, the night before race, race night, I'm, I'm looking to do lamb, um, uh, for a meal, um. Yeah, I, I think the carbo loading tend. I mean, I'm shocked that some coaches are still doing it that much. Uh, I, I feel I feel slow doing that <laughs> personally. That's great on fajitas. Good on what? Fajitas. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Minus, <I don't>... <laughs> um, yeah. All righty. Do you know uh, your blood type? Pardon no, me. Do you, know, do you know your blood type? I don't. Um, I'm curious to find out. Right, right. Um, I, I would guess O blood type, but I, we could. I could get surprised. <laughs> and that that's where that journal can come in handy. Is if you're you know tracking what not only during the ride but the night before, the morning of. How yeah. soon before you start the race? Is it one hour, two hour, three hour before? All of that, you know, if if you want to really look at it, you should yeah. you should record it um, and track track the results. I'm gonna do that for sure. I'm gonna get over to see Doctor V and figure it all out. <laughs> awesome, make you even faster, huh? Scary. <laughs> <laughs> the idea. <laughs> well, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I think at this at this age, you know, if you if you study a uh, hundred meter sprinters. Although it looks like the guy that wins the race is speeding up, he's just slowing down slower than the rest of the racers. They're all slowing down after 40 meters. Right. Um, right. It's, <laughs> so the goal, I think, for me is to slow down slower than everybody right. else. Right, right. I hear you. I know I was always priding myself in still being able to beat my times that I did when I was 30. You know, and, and it's getting harder and harder to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about some PRs I want to try and bust this year. I thought, well, those are pretty hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah. Well, anybody else have a question they want to ask, Dr. V? Don't be shy. Are you are you accepting new patients? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am the challenge is that I mean yeah, I'm booked until yeah, I'm booked until like February at this point. Um, yeah. you know, but we do have, we maintain a cancellation list. So, I mean, 
it changes by the by the day so uh yeah that would be the gig if, if you're wanting to get 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 in get rocking get on the calendar and then um they can call you if, if we get an opening sooner okay so. mm -hmm. for sure that'd be cool all righty um well much thanks absolutely, absolutely. yeah thank this you awesome great um, I definitely learned. I definitely learned more than one thing, um, and I okay. truly appreciate your time. Yeah, I was trying to take notes. Good. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. Happy to help. Gotta, gotta, gotta look out for help my brothers, right? Yeah, Todd. Yeah. Todd, is it yeah. possible to to get him to do another one <laughs> soon? Well, we'll have to talk to the doctor. But before, yeah, I, 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 he already mentioned that he would be willing to do that. So I'm sure we'll have him back at some point. Um, Doctor V, before we go, I know you mentioned that you're in Laguna Hills. Let us, if for the guys that want to, what's the best way to find you? I guess. Um. Uh. So I. Follow me on social media if you want more health pearls. D R V R Z A L or D R dot V R Z A L on Instagram uh, is where I'll, I'll be posting. And and I mean, like I said, I've got a book coming out, so I'd love it if you guys could you know check that out or or share yeah. that with your stuff. Um, uh, anybody got headaches? Um, other than that, yeah, I mean the office number is nine four nine five eight two nine zero nine zero. If you want want that um let us keep us posted on the book because i'm sure there'll be some some customers here me for sure um <laughs> and do you have a title yet for the book the headache advantage <laughs> oh boy so, yeah. he passed so, over not now i have a headache he, he didn't like my idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that will be part of my marketing campaign though <laughs> yeah I, I like that the headache advantage on it yeah, the the seven 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 patterns of head pain and and how to build tremendous health. Kind of, so it's the reason I call it an advantage is because the location of the head pain tells me where the priority where the primary weakness is for that person. So uh, so for example, if they had a, a right sided headache, that's always a gallbladder problem. So then I'd be looking at foods, things that would compromise the gallbladder. Um, you know, stop eating glyphosate because that affects the gallbladder eat beets, you know, eat some of these B vitamins or things like that, that are going to help the gallbladder function me going on in the book. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All righty. Well, if there's no more questions, yeah. we're going to let everybody go. It's been an awesome call. Appreciate everybody's time and input. Thanks and... Todd, for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks Dr. V. Mm -hmm. yep. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks Todd. Todd. All right. Thanks, See you guys. Todd. All right. Take care. All right. Hey, everybody. These podcasts and vlogs are new for Pedal Industries, so if you're enjoying them, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Thanks so much. Keep challenging yourself. <laughs>